0: That accountant is $32. Accountants plural is 149.99 cuz if you have more than one, five times as much,
1: three times as much. That sounds like accounting to me, yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's how accounting works, isn't it? Just charge them five times as much as what it's worth? Yeah. And then profit? Follow up? I feel like we have some follow up. Did we have follow up? I don't know. Um, how's your site coming? Have you have you done anything? I haven't anything touched new? it
0: in, really? in a week now. No,
1: you haven't read any thought provoking articles. You haven't become a thought leader in now. I
0: did actually take notes on an article that I do want to write, but I didn't write it. Oh yeah, because the site's not done.
1: What kind of uh, what kind of what's your writing process? I want to hear about that part. Your your um,
0: prose, not not your code writing, but your actual article writing. So. Yeah. I don't really have a process yet, but I guess the process that I did sort of use was that I woke up in the middle of the night with an idea of something to write about. And then I took a note on my phone. I'm trying to find it, but I took a note on my phone in drafts and I just wrote some superficial notes. Let's see what I did.
1: So you're like the first half of Jerry Maguire. Is that, you're the beginning of Jerry Maguire. You wake up in the middle of the night inspired and write a whole manifesto and then change your life. Is that a fair summary of what happened.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> These are the notes that I took. So I was reading an article on Dan Abramov's blog. Dan the homie. Dan the homie. And, well, let me find the article. He was talking about basically, oh man, okay, there it is. He was talking about why, 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 why? I think it was this one. Yeah, coping with feedback is the title. I think it is. And oh, is this
1: the one about comments on Hacker News?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just interesting because he was he was talking about something that like informally made me think of something. But he's just basically saying like the last few weeks have been very hectic. There was a stable version of React Hooks, and then React website translations, and he feels a lot more pressure now to be on top of scrutiny that comes when people when you mark something as stable. And then he was just talking about, like, I've noticed, so he said basically here, he says, I've noticed that a few, a particular set of triggers that have caused this, so I'm going to be careful to avoid them. It's a case, it's, in case it's helpful to anyone else, here is a set of rules I'm trying to uh, follow, which seems to help empirically. Not drinking more than two cups of coffee, not arguing with strangers after 9 p.m., not skipping meals or eating after 8, not publishing articles right before going to bed, not lying there or trying to fall asleep. And the part about falling asleep really made me think about that, is that, he was talking about like just being restless and whether or not he like just internalizes feedback too much. And it just kind of like sprung a thought in my mind about like, you know, why, why is it that as developers, we're willing to deal with that much like anxiety and stress around what we do. And, so the title tentatively of the blog post would be Why We Torture Ourselves with Coding. It's, an, it's a you know, temporary title. It's
1: very dramatic and it sounds well, like a fascinating read. I totally want to read it.
0: That's why, that's what you got to do with the titles, right?
1: That sounds amazing.
0: So then I said like, you know, I'll link to the Admiral article about waking up at night because he was talking about how he like wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks about stuff. And I'm like just thinking to myself, it's the inverse of what he said. He was talking about coping with and dealing with feedback. And I was just thinking like, we love our jobs, But, like, why do we deal with waking up in the middle of the night to think about like a problem we're trying to solve or feedback or like feedback from a coworker or whatever it is that irks us as developers? Why are we like, I mean, I think a lot of people in a lot of different jobs deal with the same kind of things, but you know, why, what is it about us that intrinsically makes us more affected by feedback? And I think it has to come down, it comes down to that writing code is an art. And whether or not you believe it is or not, it's a form of expression and it's a form of art and it just isn't a form of art that is like visual necessarily unless you look at code, but a lot of people look at code and they just see spaghetti either way. But it's like people care about the, the ways and why and how they write code and they think about writing code better for the, the goal of getting better. But why do you get, why do you get better at anything? Cause you're practicing cause you treat it like it's a hobby or you treat it like it's a skill or there's just something. And that whatever that motivation is that makes us want to do that is what is why we torture ourselves because of that inner drive. So
1: man, that's deep.
0: That was what my first that's, article on my blog that's a, that's was a about.
1: Super deep cut. Wow.
0: Yeah. And that's then, amazing stuff. So then uh then I said some little notes here. I said some like things that I was gonna cover in no particular order, that coding provides a consistent challenge. So one of the reasons why we like it is because. It constantly challenges us to try to do things differently or do things better. So it's not like a job where you can you can necessarily become stagnant. You can become stagnant, but it's very hard to become stagnant if you really enjoy what you're doing. Um, it provides an ever-increasing goal of challenging problems to solve things, to learn reasons to stay up at night. It's kind of feedback to his article. Like, you know, no matter where you are in your career, no matter what you're working on, there's always something that's going to keep you up at night. Otherwise, you're not challenging yourself. If you're just building, like, the same thing over and over again, then you're not challenging yourself. And then, you know, it's almost like if you... Are challenging yourself enough as a developer? You can never, you can never be working on a project and not wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. At least every other project. Yes, I think that's true. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing, but like it's torturous because you're waking up at night instead of, you know, just sleeping. You're thinking about whatever the problem is. So the other thing was uh, the others were always new things to learn in web development. So there's basically like there's always something new to learn. So it's always interesting. Um, A lot of people talk about how, like, JavaScript is the wild, wild west and how it's, like, really, like, not standardized and not solidified and everything's changing. And I think people say that because they get annoyed by the amount of things that they have to learn. But if you really are, like, a lifelong learner, then you should be, you should literally be excited by the wild, wild west. You should, I honestly, like, sometimes think I loathe the day when web development becomes a standard that Google and these companies, like, like, enforce on you. When web components, polymer, and all this stuff is like the standard and that's the only way you can code, and it's all in TypeScript, Microsoft's going to own the internet again. And it's not going to be as fun. That's true. I loathe those days. I, the, like, I like where we're at the now. The AI robots are going to write all the code for us and you will not need us anymore. I mean, that's probably going to happen either way. But before that happens, these companies are going to solidify and standardize and make web development very surgical and very... Like it's gonna be ASP.net again. Just the ASP.net core parts are gonna be React. Oof, <laughs> or whatever. Fun times. <clears throat> so it won't, it won't be as like uh, it won't be as as crazy as the period has been since like backbone to now. Like there's always new stuff coming out that completely changes the whole paradigm of everything, which leads to consistent returns. When you when you're a programmer, you're always, yeah, you're always being given a harder problem to solve and you're always learning new things, but you're always being returned with it like experiences that allow you to be like yeah i freaking solved that like i did that thing i i saw it as a really hard problem and i solved it so the other thing i was going to talk about it just is uh, what what got us into coding in the first place so then i was going to maybe pose a question to the readers to be like you know what got you like with all of this said what got you thinking about coding in the like why do you even want to do it origin stories yeah the community I think the fact that like you can just have conversations with Dan Abramov on Twitter about you know things that he's building at Facebook shows that the industry is very vibrant and very fun, and the community does enjoy talking and experiencing what other people are working on. And there's a lot of talking back and forth between corporations that are building things like React and you know individual people who are building side projects and building projects. There's like this constant communication that GitHub allows, which I think is really cool. And then I was going to talk about podcasts. I don't know why I put that there, but you know, there, there well, you was, got
1: to. That's actually a good one because I think one of my... I can go down my drafts too. My drafts, I think. The first one is why I started a podcast. Yeah. I usually start with like a title as like a main idea and then mm-hmm. just kind of go from there. First one is why I started a podcast. Yeah. Second one is how to compliment a developer. Ooh, that's a good one. That's one I've thought about a lot because the way that developers talk to each other in terms of our work, it's different. Yeah. than how maybe like an electrician would talk about his work or uh, professional athletes talk about their work. It, it's a little bit of a different thing because part of what we're doing going along with what you said is it's not 100% science and it's not 100% art. It's somewhere kind of a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And I think what people don't realize is that there is a, a lot of self-expression in code that we write. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird way to think about it because it would seem like we're – what we're literally doing is writing instructions to tell a computer what to do. And computers are really, really dumb compared to humans. So you wouldn't think that there is feeling and emotion that goes into those things or expression of thought processes or expression of how we think about not even just code but just the world around us, right? The reason why React is such a different paradigm from everything else is because it's a different way of organizing these pieces that we always have to deal with when we build websites. So in that sense, it is a piece of Dan, the homies self-expression of, Hey, this is how I would like to build sites because this is the logic that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a very nuanced point that uh, I don't know if I haven't read a whole lot about other people's perspectives on that. I'm so glad that you came up with something that very similar. And I think that our ideas about that are going to be kind of complementary. So Go check, go check those articles out when they go live on our respective sites. We'll yeah, have, I, f- we'll I, felt have like,
0: I felt like I didn't want to just, like some people approach their blogs like that I've seen in the past just as like a place to, like a good article to go to every once in a while is just like when you're working on something hard, like there's been so many times where I've solved a hard problem that if like that night I blogged about it. It'd be great. It would be great. But then be I forget com- about it would, it would be a I'm compendium
1: like, oh. of all these fantastic achievements and goals and like it would be a very, it'd be like your own little diary yeah. of things that's public to the world. But yeah, now the, the idea, I think, with our sites is that now that we have them up and now that they're up and running and they're available to us, you, know, you can just open up and open them up and go.
0: Yeah, mine's, like, be mine's go. like
1: 80% done. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Once you finish all the CSS, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, basically. It's just all the CSS that yeah. really is annoying. So then one of the lines that I quoted, I said, why code is torture, a source of liberty and an agent of creation at all times. That's my profound statement.
1: It's deep, um, very intense stuff.
0: And then I watched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah? And then I was like, compared to Monsters and Godzilla, wherever, thing, wherever it goes, things are destroyed and created, which is the whole point of the Monsters. Godzilla, Do you see the new Godzilla movie? I
1: haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is that it's the circle of life?
0: Yeah, like that, that's kind of the idea of the movie is that they go somewhere, like the monsters go somewhere with radiation and then they create life. I don't want to ruin the movie. Well, I mean, all right.
1: my understanding of the movie is that all the bad animals title uh, from all of the previous history of the Godzilla movies all just show up in one movie and it's all just one
0: big splash fest kind of they, they, they bring it together a little bit different than that but yeah basically um, some other ideas I had why all coders should meditate dealing with burnout dealing with change taking time off constant learning being uncomfortable and learning new things why the front end wild wild west should be liberating not taxing why browsers took so long to be able to run apps in quotes those are my other titles
1: Interesting. That's a lot of posts.
0: Well, I like to think ahead before I... Well,
1: yeah, I think it's helpful to start with a title because a lot of times what I found when trying to write blog posts is that I'll have a concept that I'm trying to express, Mm -hmm. but it's not a fully formed thought yet, right? It's not a... I don't have examples. I don't have any sort of research or anything anything like that. But being able to kind of concise it down into a title that expresses what the hell you're talking about, I think kind of guides the way for you.
0: Yeah, it's true. I like to add bullets too, but. Bullets are good. Like a title and then like the three main points of the article and then I can write anything.
1: You put a TLDR at the top or no? Sorry, I'm a little sick. I put a TLDR in the article? Some people people appreciate having a TLDR either at the top or at the
0: bottom. Mm.
1: Kind of the, the Reddit crowd, if you will.
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm one of those people where if an article takes longer than like, if I don't get the point in like two minutes, I don't read it. So I kind of, I guess I could see those people's point of view because there's so many articles that are like really, really long and you're like, well, all, all I needed was just, just get to the point.
1: Well, you know, we did used to work in advertising and so we should have picked up a little bit of something of taglines and headlines and things like that. I don't know how much we actually did, but we were around that yeah. stuff for a long time. So potentially, potentially, know.
0: potentially. That's
1: fine. I also like finding uh, funny pictures. For my posts.
0: Yeah, that's something I did learn in advertising. Everybody, everybody loves making decks with really funny, funny uh, images that kind of yes. don't make any sense. Yes. I have, the, I have the perfect
1: picture for my why I started a podcast <coughs> article. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, a perfect, it's a small child screaming his head off into a microphone, which closely did resembles. Already,
0: did you already write that whole article?
1: Uh, I've written some of it. It's Some of it is written and some of it is just like half sentences. And I'm pretty sure there's like an example code block in here that's not actual code. I no. also noticed it doesn't have a theme yet, so you gotta gotta get on that. We, we mean, should talk about your site. What do you so mean it doesn't your, have a theme yet? It
0: doesn't have. Does it have a highlighting theme yet?
1: Oh, it does not. Yes, that's that's one of the things. So, Greg, I'm so glad you you brought this up. So, yeah. So, tell me about your site. So, we talked about Greg's site last week. Yeah. He has not made any progress on it, but he's been, he's got plans. He's got plans. Um, so, I have also been working on a site for myself. And my site has very similar in a lot of ways to yours, but also very different in a lot of ways to yours. We'll talk about those differences today, what today's episode is all about. Yep. Pretty fantastic. So my intention with this site was always from the beginning for it to be very blog-centric and very blog post-oriented. That was always my plan from the very beginning. Uh, just because I thought that that would be the most effective use of this little piece of internet real estate that I have. Uh, in the in the universe, so the main thing with that being my kind of my goal was that I had to really decide whether or not I want to go just the static file route, right? That you know, kind of your base use case for using something like Gatsby, mm-hmm. where everything is just a markdown file, it just gets loaded up whenever you build the thing, or if I wanted to go something a little bit more fully featured and take advantage of some of those other features that maybe some of these more CMS type of setups have. Mm-hmm. something I thought about a lot, really, really struggled with it. Mostly because I feel like I'm a developer. I should be able to handle static, static files. And like, look, I can keep the, the markdown in my GitHub and it's going to look really cool. And like, I'll be like Dan and it'll be amazing. And I really thought about it. And I thought about some of the features that some of these CMSs have. that really help out with a lot of things. And then I stumbled upon this project that I'd heard about a little bit from other developers running blogs, uh, but it, it's kind of gotten a little bit better over the time. It's a platform called Ghost, and Ghost is a blogging platform that was developed by two individuals that used to work at WordPress, uh, John O'Nolan and Hannah Oh, What is her last name? I always forget these people's names. I'm very sorry. The two people that run this thing literally were like the head of interaction design or something at, at WordPress, and they were like, I am tired of what WordPress has become. I want to build... Uh, just a blogging platform again, and so they raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter and they, they built this platform. It's on Node. They have a client and all this stuff. And it started out as an entire system, kind of built in of itself. Like any sort of theming or front end work that you would do, you built it in Handlebars and you had to kind of load it up into the CMS. It's mm-hmm. got a little bit, a uh, little bit janky. But as of recently, uh, like not even a year ago, uh, they have released uh, API versions. They've API'd all the things. So now they've been saying, hey, go data jujitsu your blog stuff. So well, that's one part of it that kind of caught my eye. Second part of it was that Gatsby in their infinite wisdom was like, yes, we will data jujitsu you, Ghost. We will build a Gatsby source Ghost plugin for mm-hmm. you. We will build you a starter template. Actually, I think Ghost might have, the Ghost organization might have done the starter template, but there is a uh, Gatsby starter that is designed specifically to work with the content API that is provided by Ghost. And so their their content system is very nicely designed for non-technical people to just blog, just write articles. It takes Markdown. It gives you a ton of little helpers to embed things like tweets and images and Mm -hmm. media and all that that kind of stuff. And then if you're the developer who wants to make it look all nice on the front end, you just feed the API to, to, to a Gatsby theme. You're good to go. So that's exactly what I did. I started out with the official Gatsby starter for Ghost. I'm trying to find a link for it. Gatsby starter Ghost. Yeah, this is run by the Ghost project. Yeah, so they are try Ghost on GitHub and they have a bunch of projects. Uh, they have their whole thing on GitHub. They have the Gatsby starter on GitHub. And they have a bunch of documentation and stuff too. but. Uh, yeah, the starter is pretty fully featured. And so I, I decided to try this out. I was like, all right, let me pull this down. Let me let me see if this front end is going to work, if it's going to be as fast as something like just running just a static Gatsby site on its own. Because that was my biggest concern is that if I'm running just a static Gatsby build, then all those files are in there. It's going to build super fast and everything's going to be super fast, right? Dan, Dan Abramov's blog is a great example of this. His Everything's super fast. I don't have to worry about anything. So I loaded it up with the starter template with uh, calling the content API. It's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. If you're navigating within this site itself, it becomes kind of a single-page experience. So if you're clicking from one article to back to home, back to another article and whatnot, it's very single-pagey. I just made that up, Mm single-pagey. kind of feels like that. You know know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is pretty good. This is pretty solid. This, This feels a lot faster and more tuned to the web than something like a WordPress where you're building everything within the actual CMS itself. So uh, I decided to keep going with it. Um, I didn't really spend a whole lot of time designing anything or arranging anything. I really just kind of went, uh, all right, let me load up water CSS or something just to see what this looks like with like a dark theme. And to my surprise, water CSS really takes care of a lot of that theming just kind of out of the box for me. It was great. It's great. I just loaded up one style sheet and it was fantastic. I felt like Greg.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: felt like, Hey, Oh, Hey, I don't want to deal with the CSS. Yeah. It's, it's going to do it for me. It's not fun. But so I loaded that up. There are a couple of little things that I had to deal with. Um, kind of making it look the way I want. I wanted it to just be single column because I didn't want to deal with a bunch of like grids and stuff moving around on phones and stuff like that. So um, my layout is, is pretty, pretty basic. Um, in terms of how the actual articles are laid out, but you know what? It's, it's a pattern that people are used to. Mm -hmm. And I think that one thing that if I've learned anything about how users interact with a page, it's as long as you don't surprise them, it's fine. And erring on the side of doing something known and comfortable versus doing something novel and potentially alienating, it's probably best to err on the side of caution on that side. So Uh, yeah, centered, centered, centered articles nice big pictures. I also spent a lot of time on a lot of the other client side stuff like doing little styling things, font sizes took forever.
0: I haven't even looked at my font size, right? Because the
1: thing about font sizes is that, um, you can imply kind of the hierarchy of mm-hmm. what things are in relation to each other based on how big the fonts are, right? So your headlines, your H ones are going to be nice big fonts. Um, your subheadlines like buy Albert Park on this date or discuss this on Twitter or have me a link or what have you needs to be slightly smaller, but also needs to be slightly bigger than the rest of the font. Might need to be a different color. In my case, I've, I've done a, a little trick where you take something that's kind of lower down the hierarchy and then you uh, do it where it's all caps, which usually implies higher hierarchy. So there's like this juxtaposition. Mm. but it doesn't really mess anything up. I, I, that's super very nerdy, ux designy kind of stuff, which I know Greg loves. Totally. So, so much. But those are the kinds of things. Me as more of a, a front end person, those are the things I think about mm. when I'm designing these things. Once I have the data all hooked up, I'm not trying to date jujitsu. I'm not trying to get too crazy with the date jujitsu part. Like, give me the articles, give me all the data the way I expect, and let me take care of the rest of it. So... I picked out some font sizes. I picked
0: out... Picking out fonts... How many, so how many fonts did you end up I have with? two fonts. And how many font sizes? How many different totals, what kinds of fonts do you have? So I have two fonts,
1: but I have kind of three ways that I use these fonts. So I have uh, kind of a headline font that I use that is for big things like the article titles or like headings within the articles themselves. I have a body font, which is the font that you actually read. And then I have... Kind of a non headline sub headline mm-hmm. variation of the mm-hmm. other font that is implies essentially a third font, but it's it, it you can do some tricks to kind of give some visual hierarchy to this stuff, so headlines are a nice big big heavy uh regular like non italic the body font is. A serif font that's a little bit uh, darker, like it's not a pure white. It's a kind of two shades darker gray. Uh, and then that middle headline, that, that subheadline, uh, I did the tricks where I've got everything caps, all caps, and a little bit italic. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're looking at the articles on the site, you've got your headline, which you can see right away, the subhead, which is one, a different color, two, it's italic, and three, it's all caps. And then you've got another kind of blurb from the article that is in the body font. So that kind of organizes visually what all that information is. And that was a lot of information just on fonts.
0: Totally different the way we think. It's totally
1: different the way we think, right? Because for me, I know that once I have the data, like that's all I need. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I'm don't. i not really thinking about like you know, SSLs or cdns or all that stuff that that you were talking about last week for me it's more just like let me get this looking a way that makes me feel good about myself and also kind of represents who i am that those are really the more important parts for me uh, to all this stuff so a lot of time spent on fonts and then the (laughs) other part of the fonts was that um, for my big headline where i had to where i wanted my name kind of across the top like a big billboard I was trying to find something unique to put up there in terms of these fonts. Um, And I couldn't decide on just one. So I decided to have the site just randomize it. So there's like four or five different fonts that it'll just pick from depending on where you are. So like once you hit the homepage, there'll be one font that's loaded up. And then the second that you click on one of the articles, it'll most likely load up another font. If you click another article, if you go back, it'll up a different one. You know, so that's that's where that single pagey feel comes from. Yeah. So that's uh those are some some neat little tricks. Oh, I also spent, I almost almost don't want to admit this, but I spent a lot of time styling the links.
0: <laughs>
1: I spent yeah. a lot of <laughs> I went back and forth with this because again, there are all these little tricks, right? You can make them bold, you can make them underline, you can make them a different color. Uh you can I've seen people uh I've seen like news sites like wrap their links in uh square brackets, hmm. which that doesn't make any sense to me
0: I just like a simple underline
1: a, a simple like underline, a heavy underline
0: a heavy underline like a two to three pixel underline
1: maybe a different color with the underline mm-hmm. i was trying. I was struggling with this because there were a couple of different things uh if you uh bolden the link but keep it the same color, it can be like not different enough but different enough to mess up your the flow.
0: Oh, like the page won't flow correctly? But it just
1: it, it just will look weird. Like it won't look like it's part of that sentence. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't change it enough, then you can't tell it's a link. So there's that balance there.
0: So what if you made all your links negative uh, 999 pixels, Z index to, two to zero, the left? Z or, index zero. To the left,
1: yeah. Negative 999 pixels, that would take it off the viewport. So you just. Is that, that okay? You just have blank space. Yeah, wouldn't that be great?
0: Isn't that what you want?
1: Is that what you want through links?
0: Sure. I mean they're there.
1: Well part of part of the SEO of content like this is that if you link out to stuff, it seems more authoritative. Yeah,
0: but SEO would know there's a link there. CSS would just puts it it? negative in. Yeah, probably.
1: I guess it would. It doesn't really care about the CSS, right?
0: You want developers to have to hunt for your links. Yeah, you have saying. to go find them. You have to go find them. Yeah. Can, I'm not going to just put them there.
1: I'm not even going to have it. You, like, you can't even click on it. Like, if you click on it, it'll pop like a console log. And you have to open up the inspector and go and look then at it. And click it. And then click it.
0: Yeah, I think that's good.
1: That's the way to cater to That's developers. the way to cater developers. <laughs> hide everything in
0: the console. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that's the whole website being in the console. Yeah. So that has been my experience so far. It's actually been going really well. I, I decided on going with a, a more of a darker... Theme. and went with the dark variation of water CSS. So the the background uh, is a kind of a medium dark kind of steel blue. Mm-hmm. If anybody is familiar with the name CSS color, steel blue is one of them. And it's kind of pretty close to that, maybe one or two shades darker to that. And then the header and the footer, I have almost a navy. So it's a good amount of contrast, but it's still dark, which I prefer to read on. And if you don't like it, well, I don't care. It's my site. That's what I like. Hot take. Hot take. And then um, I've got white and then off white for the text, and then the links uh, I have kind of this uh, kind of light blue. It's Carolina blue, going back to my roots. Uh, which is a nice little nice little palette, nice little nice little compendium of colors. I don't really consider myself a designer, so I didn't really think that bringing all these things together was going to be that easy for me. But it actually was pretty straightforward.
0: I mean you look at designs enough and you start to realize I think you look
1: at it enough, right? as as a person who is more of a front end person. Um, I have a long history of looking at other people's designs and implementing them. So I think that maybe some of that just rubbed off on me. Um, but it is kind of a uh it is kind of a, an acquired thing. Like you don't actually just wake up one day and go, Okay, I know how to design stuff. You just kind of pick up little 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 tricks and little little things mm-hmm. along the way. And you try things out. Some of them work, some of them don't. And eventually you bring everything together and it's kind of cohesive. And it's kind of nice. So, yeah, in terms of client-side design-wise, I'm pretty pretty far along. Gotten, gotten a good amount done. Uh, things I still need to do are the code snippet highlighting. I know that's something we talked about with your yeah, site you last week. Yeah, you got bit. to get on that. So I was going to ask you this. So you said... You were using JS or Prism? I couldn't remember which one.
0: I think it's Highlight. I haven't used it yet, but I think it's Highlight. Okay.
1: Because Prism is the one that I'm familiar with from like way back in the day. And I remember it being extremely difficult to work with. So I'm wondering if you're using Highlight, I might also go Highlight. And I mean, I haven't used it yet. So okay. So we'll see. Okay. I believe other people have used Highlight before as well. So that might be the way to go. But I will, that will be kind of the next step for me in terms of building this site. Um, let's see. In terms of the the rest of the tech stack, so I've got Ghost, um, which I am actually using their hosted service. Uh, you can self-host Ghost. It's a completely open source product, so you don't actually have to pay them anything to use their product if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that DigitalOcean does have one of those like one-click deploy droplets, droplets uh, with the Ghost built in, which is super nice. Uh, one of the nice things with the hosted version, the managed Ghost. Uh, is that they take care of all the updates for you. They take care of everything for you, which that can be a bit of a manual process if you're running your own server. So that, to me, at this point in my life, is worth the 30 bucks a month or whatever it is to not have to deal with that. Uh, So I decided to go that route. Uh, They give you a nice uh, desktop app too. So they have an Electron app uh, that points to the actual admin panel where you can write posts, you can manage tags, you can uh, manage the links on the site, you can do all sorts of things. You can do integrations with things like Zapier and Slack and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You can build in your, they give you access to header and footer injections. Um, I think they have another section called Labs, which has some of the more experimental stuff like setting up, uh, they have uh, tools for subscriber lists, like email lists. Mm -hmm. And they have tools for integrating with stuff like MailChimp doing campaigns and things like that. So a lot lot of features that are really, really nice. uh, And they've been able to maintain a really good writing experience as well. Um, Their editor, which I think they debuted in the 1.0 version, which was earlier this year, uh, is one of those kind of blank slate type of situations. Where if you just open it up, uh, it'll just give you a cursor. And it's just kind of all like blank. And you can choose a light theme or a dark theme. And you start typing and it's just marked down. And it does the inline preview. So it'll style everything in line for you. So if you do a single pound side and then type in the title, once you go to the next line, it'll pop that open to an H1, which is what Markdown looks like. So their their writing experience is really, really good from what I've seen. Um, And you're able to preview it in your own site. You're able to manage when things are published. You can do scheduled posts. Uh, You can manage uh, how the search result would come up in Google. So like the actual snippets and the meta tags and things like that. So a lot of really good writing features. And I think that that's always been their purpose and their goal. And They've been doing a really, really good job at it. Um, if you need more examples in the wild, I know that DigitalOcean's actual blog that they pay people to write articles for. They use Ghost. Um, there's a guy named Troy Hunt who does a lot of security research. He runs haveibeenpwned.com, the database. His personal blog is also on Ghost. Uh, there's some other examples here. So I believe Tinder's blog is also on Ghost. I don't know how much weight they hold in the technical world, but this is another example. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Definitely worth checking out if you are a blogging person, if you're looking for something set up there, and it works really nice with Gatsby. It actually worked really, really well. I was kind of, I wasn't surprised necessarily, but I was interested to see how that was going to go because it seems like those two things. A pretty natural fit, right? Gatsby mm-hmm. is just my my client side, and we date a it from wherever we want. It's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, I could check it out if I if I start blogging more. Um, maybe I'll replace right now. Mine just go into contentful as like a post type. There's no reason why I couldn't just
1: you put, just point it to another API. I could just yeah. point it towards Ghost. It'd be super easy. Yeah, you could have another app within your app
0: yeah just for the blog
1: but it Gatsby would still be the
0: same it would be the same core app it would just retrieve the templates from a different place
1: yeah, you could do that um the the Gatsby Ghost starter uh, template actually uses GraphQL as well to keep everything organized. Mm-hmm. their GraphQL setup is a little bit I don't want to say convoluted, but it was a little bit more involved than I was expecting right because when you're thinking about blog data you're like all right, give me the posts. Give me mm-hmm. the authors, give me the tags, give me the post-it-on-date or what have you. But they're kind of setup up for how they organized all that was uh, pretty involved, uh, which I think I may have done it differently if I was running it from scratch, but it also would have taken me much longer. So I was perfectly willing to balance a few hours of my life to, to take that on. But if you're a GraphQL person, the entire Ghost API is GraphQL-friendly. So you can pull whatever you need to. If you've already got a a GraphQL layer on your client side, it's gonna be super easy to do that. So definitely worth checking out there. Uh, let's see what else. What are what are my links here? So I have yeah. a what I use. We talked about that a little bit. I have a what I use list.
0: So first off, your your home is you see the whole. I guess the difference between your site and my site is that your site is a blog first. Yes. And then it's your personal site second. Yes. Or it's it's at least one of your personal sites because it's like. It's like the Albert developer profile, kind of. I guess so. Podcasting, GitHub. So you could potentially have, you could potentially expand. You could, if you were to build like a photography site. Yes. Maybe it wouldn't be on the site. It would be different.
1: Well, so here's the other th- good thing about Ghost is that Ghost differentiates between posts and pages. Yeah. So a page can be a static page. So if I wanted to, so like, for example, the what I use link yep, is a, a static page. So it has a, a static slug not dated, uh, and it doesn't come up in the feed of posts. It's separate from that. Yeah. And the thing about these pages is that it just takes markdown. So in theory, you could build whatever page you wanted with, if you want to build something with HTML, you could just throw HTML in there. If you wanted to, if I wanted to do some photography stuff and post some pictures or things like that, I could totally just build a page for that.
0: Well, I guess one reason I'm asking, yeah, I mean, you, you totally can, but your home landing page starts with your, blog, which I'm not saying it's anything bad. I'm just saying that your first intention for this was to be a blog first. Yes. Other stuff second, if someone that wants to see more stuff. Yes. With mine, I guess the difference, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but with mine, it kind of starts with like a homepage. It's like it's more about myself and the blog is last, which I guess kind of shows our different way of thinking
1: about it. It's just a different approach. Uh, Neither way is is right or wrong. I think that for me, the blogging is more worth the presentation space, I guess. If you really want to know about me and who I am, then that's mm-hmm. what you would look at. Um, I mean I've
0: been I've been contending with that a little bit. Like my homepage only has like a big hello right now and a really cool marquee that's not styled that kind of just like it's like the intro page. But don't forget
1: it, that don't forget about the compan palette though.
0: Well it has that, yeah. But I mean it doesn't it doesn't have any if I wanted to make the landing page have more content, what would be the natural thing below the hello, I build things that don't work in IE, which is funny. That's what I have right now. Is one that's, of my hol- that's actually hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> below that could be like a preview of like the last three blog posts. Yeah. So it's like, I guess what I'm getting at is just like, it's a different way of thinking about it, where mine kind of is like a personal website portfolio site first. And then it happens to have a blog. Yes. At the far end, which is interesting. I mean, one day I could change that, but yeah, it's just different. It's interesting how the the two different ways that we thought about it.
1: Yeah. So neither way is the one true correct way. I've seen developers with with a a site set up similar to yours. I know that I think West Boss's site is set up more closely to yours, where it's more of a portfolio type of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've seen other peoples who the blogging part is the is the part that kind of they go with like Jeff Atwood from Coding Horror is probably the biggest example I can think of right now um Dave Walsh's blog is really good. Um, but the the writing kind of defines their presence online. Yeah. Which I thought that aside from our podcast empire that we're starting here, that maybe that would be the route that would gain me the most internet points. So uh, I was going to go that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, either way would work. Um, I think that both of us have... I think the most interesting thing about this conversation is that we have both kind of accomplished a similar goal with very different both tech stacks in terms of just specific things that we're using, but also our, our mindsets and our approaches and the, the concepts uh, that we have been thinking about when approaching this problem. And so this goes back to what you were talking about with, with coding and, and learning and the art and the science of it and how much of this stuff is about the expression of who we are as people rather than just code monkeys. So yeah. it's very, very interesting stuff. We'll have very interesting blog posts coming up for you here with those type of things. Trying to, I'm I'm looking around. I, I don't have anything. Well, it is live, but it's pointed to like a generic Netlify. Oh, Netlify is probably the other thing I want to talk about. So
0: yeah, I was going to ask about um, deployment.
1: In terms of deployment, right, the main thing I want to deploy is the, the built Gatsby site, right? That's the, that's the whole point of separating those concerns Well, how out. do
0: you, where do you host Ghost? Is it on their hosting?
1: Yeah, so I'm using the, the Ghost managed hosting. So they have, mm. they, they have the, the entire platform you can use on your own server if you want. Yeah. They'll just give it to you mm-hmm. and you don't have to pay anything for it. They also have a managed hosting.
0: What does it cost for the managed one? Uh,
1: I believe it is, I want to say $30 a month.
0: Might you're, be. you're
1: cool with that much? I'm cool with that much because it saves me time. Hmm. they are putting out updates often enough to where $30 a month is worth it for me.
0: Yeah. And then how does it, so you still have to, so you do, you put all the content into ghost to the managed platform. And then whenever you write an article, how does it make it to Netlify through Gatsby?
1: Oh, Greg, I'm so glad you asked. So Netlify is where I have the Gatsby uh, built site deployed, which I actually did that earlier this afternoon. Super easy, super fast Um, The thing I do need to do now is to set up my domain on it, but everything else with hooking up your GitHub, um, setting up kind of your build pipeline, if you will, which is literally just what command do you want me to run, that's me build, and what directory do you want me to point your site at, the public directory.
0: Mm -hmm. And and then you can trigger that through Netlify through any kind of hook?
1: You can trigger that through Netlify through a webhook. So uh, Ghost has a webhook that will uh, emit an event when you publish, which means go live with a new post. Huh. Alright, so you can send that to Netlify. I believe you can send that to Git as well. So this is a thing that um, in my research I had to kind of make a decision about as well is that there is a path to get to the same thing that I'm at right now through publishing to something like GitHub Pages yeah, and then pointing your domain at it. There is a Path to do that now. Is it the most cleanest, like nicest, most beautiful object in the world to do it that way? Probably not. Um, it forces me to go in there and commit a Gatsby build. To, every single time, GitHub so repo. it's an
0: extra step yeah. for
1: me to do it. You could it. do
0: it with Travis or something, or but... you could
1: do it with Travis, or you could do it. But it's an extra step; it's another thing. Netlify will receive a webhook and rebuild your site for you because it's already plugged into your GitHub.
0: Yeah. It's so it just already knows got the repo, stuff. and then you tell it the command to run to build and yeah. where to put the files? Yes. Does it have the ability to define, like, environment variables? Yes. Okay. So it's like a mini version of Travis.
1: It is a little bit of a mini version of Travis. And it does your hosting. Uh, you can get a Let's Encrypt certificate from them. I haven't figured that part out yet, but I'm sure I could figure that part out yeah. pretty quickly.
0: And how much does Netlify cost?
1: Netlify, that is a good question. It didn't ask me for my credit card when I first set this up, so maybe we'll see. Let's go back to... Oh, stocks, pricing, support, news terms. That's a pretty typical setup here. All right. So they're pricing. Oh, geez. What? They're pricing. So they have the traditional kind of three pricing tiers, right? Their pricing tiers are $0 a month, $45 a month, or $500 plus a
0: month. Wow. I think you need a third one.
1: I think I need a third one, right? All right. So starter, $0 a month, which is what I'm on. Uh, What's the limitation? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so Starter gives you custom domains, HTTPS, integration, continuous deployment, deploy previews, and access to their add-ons. The next at 45, oh, so it's concurrent builds. Oh, you only need one. I only need one. So the pro, which is the middle one, the $45 a month, three concurrent builds, password protected sites, uh-huh. Up to three team members, multiple owners, and Slack and email notifications. I don't need any of those, so the free tier works perfectly for me. Hmm. Um, but I, I guess if you're running, say, a handful of different sites, and, and you need kind of a build pipeline, a hosting pipeline, if you need something password protected, forty-five a month is not not terrible.
0: I mean, you're getting up there when you talk about Ghost is thirty. That's forty-five. That'd be almost eighty dollars. $80 a month. Well,
1: I mean, I, I guess your use case for the 45 a month is that if you're doing something that has three concurrent builds.
0: Well, that also means like if you publish three times in a row and one of them is to fix something you just published that you didn't mean to publish.
1: I wonder if that's what that means. That, that's yeah, a little, it's going to wait. It's uh, going to wait
0: for the last build. That's what Travis does. It's going to wait for the last one to build.
1: I mean, I'm okay with that. I I guess I read three concurrent builds as I have three different web properties that I'm using.
0: I think it just means that you have three that are currently running.
1: Oh, well. I'm not too worried about that. I'm not going to go back and change a bunch of stuff all that often. If I get an article out like once a week, I'll be super happy with myself. Let's see. And then the 500 plus a month, that really should just be, okay, it says at the bottom. Yeah, that's just contact sales. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Custom high performance builds, security, SSO, RBAC, full audit. Actually, SSO is actually, that's a big deal. That's actually a really big deal. I mean because it is if you have a lot
0: of people if publishing. If you have a lot content. of people
1: publishing content and you need to do single sign-on management of a large organization like that, that that could be a big deal. Enterprise level CDN, 9.99% uptime SLA, 247, 365 premium support options. Yeah, so this kind of Reminds me a lot of what you were talking about with uh, Contentful last week where it's a pretty fully featured setup where you've got a lot of really robust tools here that you can use Mm -hmm. for something as small as my personal site to maybe something even bigger. If you've got a handful of sites, if you've got a large organization, I mean, single sign-on implies that you have a large organization. Yeah, I mean, you don't need it if it's just you. If it's just you, even if it's like five people, if you have a big enough organization where you have to manage people's logins to several different things with one sign-on. That's a that's a pretty involved process, and there's usually a tipping point of, like, you need to have a certain amount of people for that to be worth it. So the fact that they can handle that sounds really very impressive. More than half a million developers trust Netlify, Facebook, Citrix, Citrix, Volvo, WeWork, Flexport, Verizon, Tri, TriNet? I don't know what that is. Peloton, Kubernetes. What? Kubernetes. <laughs> Nike, Wean Kennedy, and HashiCorp.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those sites that have really big blog sites probably need it.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So they do have a lot of options for... I'm using GitHub uh, for it, but they do have options for GitLab and Bitbucket. Um, which, I, that seems a little odd to me because if you're using GitLab, I would almost rather just use the CI built into GitLab to do this rather than pay for Netlify.
0: Uh, I mean, I've heard, I heard somebody say to me, I got to look at this, but I heard somebody say to me that the GitLab's hooks tools aren't quite as good as GitHub's, but. So I use GitLab to research that at
1: my office for running a lot of the automated testing pipelines for like merge requests. And we are also starting to move a lot of our deployment pipelines uh, over to the GitLab stuff. The, the strength in the GitLab stuff, I think, is the flexibility of the configuration, right? It's literally just a YAML file that lives with the, the repo. Yeah. And you can define all the tasks that you want, when they run, how they run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it is a really flexible system, but you, got, you do kind of need to know what you're doing, um, whereas the GitHub hooks, I think, are a little bit more straightforward. I think I agree with you on that one. That has been my experience. So those are good things. Those are all good things. So that's the stack. Gatsby with Netlify.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, API-ified Data jujitsu, Ghost on the back end Fully managed Ghost servers, Server, Service Server, Service uh-huh. um, Let me look at the, the Ghost tiers real quick So the basic is the $29 a month So their services 100k views per month Two staff users Full automation and SSL and CDN included So the second level standard 79 a month 500k views a month, five users, more resources, and priority support.
0: I mean, you might be doubling up on things because you don't... You might not need Netlify if they're providing you a CDN and a hosting place.
1: That's true. That's true, but, but that's, it, be that's, if you're, that's if you're running the client side on the hosted, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just hosting the API, so I don't need a CDN. Maybe? I don't know. The CDN on the Netlify side would be for the client side code. Yeah. The CDN on the ghost side would be for the data so my yeah. Jiu-Jitsu can be as fast as possible.
0: Well, no, you if you were using Ghost's own front end tools, however those work, like if you did to deploy a website blog with Ghost, which is what they're implying with a CDN, right? You probably wouldn't be able to customize your front end with Gatsby because you wouldn't be able no, to deploy No, your own code. they
1: they have their own uh, setup with it, so yeah. it uses uh, a combination of Handlebars and Ember. Yeah, like a very modified, like like a Shopify type of work. Ember. Yeah, Shopify type thing. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty straightforward. I have played around. Uh, with building the themes there before, so if you know Handlebars, you'll you'll recognize it, like how to do loops and uh, variables and things like that. And they have predefined templates of like how to define a page, how to define a post, how to define the homepage and index and whatnot. So uh, they do have their own thing, but the we are big fans of Gatsby, so going that route was just a, a no brainer for me. I think the idea behind these these service levels is that the more users you have, or the more Authors,
0: yeah, the more contributors
1: harder. you have mm-hmm. um, is where the value comes in here. So like business, one ninety nine a month, a million views a month, 15 staff users, 99.9% uptime SLA.
0: I mean, if you have 15 staffers, then you're... Yeah, so this is... You're that, that's stuff.
1: targeting a news organization. Yeah. Or like a... Uh, like
0: a some small sort of magazine or something.
1: Magazine, exactly. So that is a situation and that, that to me tells you everything you need to know about Ghost. right? They're really targeting people who this is a publication. This is a, this is content that we're putting out there. Um, This Mm -hmm. is a platform built specifically for that. So uh, it's been really nice so far. I've been enjoying the authoring experience of writing posts or drafts of posts and managing all that. The coding experience has been really good. Um, The, the Gatsby, Starter template has worked out really, really well for me. I, I didn't really have to make that many modifications. Um, one kind of tricky part is that all the CSS is literally in one file, <laughs> which is like I haven't built anything like that.
0: Is that because long, of the long, template? Like, didn't the template break,
1: started out like that.
0: Why don't you break it? It's just a Gatsby site. So you could break it up.
1: Can, but it's a lot of work for now, a lot of reward.
0: Hmm. You should write an article about that.
1: So I've got, so right now, so funny thing is, right now is that I've got two. CSS files. I've got the app CSS that the starter template comes with, and I've got the water CSS in there, the dark version. So I actually had to make modifications to both files in order to get everything working the way I want, but I'm very quickly running into, like, things are in the wrong place in files. And so I think the next big refactor for me, if I was going to do that, would be to move everything over to stock components, which I would prefer, but that, again, is a thing that is a lot of work, And it doesn't really get you very far. It might make your life a lot easier, but like, is it really worth the amount of time that that would take? So I don't know. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if that's something that I want to approach in the future. See if that's uh, a kind of thing that I would like to take time to do. I'm not sure if it will. I don't know. Maybe I'll write a blog post about it, put a funny picture, let everyone know. Yeah. So that's pretty close to being done. Uh, I
0: just need to hook up the domain and maybe write some articles. And I think I'll be pretty close. And I, Code highlighting. That's So really did it. you did you want to have like a portfolio or anything? So comparing yours to mine. Yeah. Um, so I have a page that's me. Like I have the landing, which for you is the blog. I have the yep. me page, which is just about me, whatever. Do you plan on having any kind of page about you or is it more for you? It's just about like what you do and, and what tools you use.
1: I, I feel like in our age of social media that if you really want to know like who I am, there are a lot of places that you can find that out, right? Like LinkedIn is a thing. Hello, Microsoft. How are you guys doing? Huh. I, I I fully expect, and this is a totally unreal expectation, and it's kind of a tension, but um, I fully expect that if I'm ever in a position to work at Microsoft that I should not have to ever interview because, hey, Microsoft, you have all my data. You have everything you would ever need to know about me if you wanted to hire me. So, yeah. Microsoft, this is a message sheet. You. If you want to hire me, just let me know when you want me to start, and I'll let you know. <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, okay. If, so you, then- if you want
1: to know about, like, my work history or, like, who I know on LinkedIn, then LinkedIn is a thing for that. If you want to know who I've been yelling at, like, on Twitter, then Twitter's a thing for that. Like, the blog is, to me, is a separate thing from all of that. And so it needs to have a unique ugh, value proposition. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, Such a, man. Ugh. But, ugh, what a term. Ugh. Um, I want it to be a different place. I want it to be a different thing. I want it to be unique from everything else. It has links to our show. It has a link to our GitHub, which I think those are things that are both different enough but also relevant enough to have prominent links on the site. But something like my LinkedIn, I don't like...
0: You probably got to my blog from LinkedIn.
1: Potentially. Right? yeah.
0: Potentially. Um, I mean, in this day and age, no one's really just like finding you... Like searching for you specifically on, on Google and being like, I want a web developer. And
1: oh, yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, type in Albert Park into, into Google, see what happens. You got to get better on that SEO, man. Well, no. So get here's on my, those H1s. Here's my, here's, my, here's my problem. Remember how last week you were making an example of AlbertPark.com or whatever? Yeah. Do you know what AlbertPark.com is? No. AlbertPark.com is the website for Albert Park National Park in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a national park. So huh. not only is it a national park, There's also a a little racetrack there. It's a tiny little racetrack. Tiny little one? They have a a tiny little race that's called a Formula One Grand Prix. Wow. The Formula One Grand Prix of Australia is at Albert Park in Melbourne every single year. So if you imagine the amount of content that gets written about quote-unquote Albert Park and the Albert Park race and the Albert Park hotels for the race and the Albert Park results of the race, yeah, I am impossible to Google
0: just they, by also, they also need a CDN.
1: They also need a CDN. Yes, that's true. They have, I think their images are very large.
0: Well, they, they, they obviously don't have a, a CDN in the United States because that was a very long round trip. It's actually surprisingly
1: not a very popular sport in the United States, which is kind of odd. They only have like, I think they only have one racetrack right now in the United States that is designated for that. I know they had a race there last year. I don't think they're racing there this year. Uh, it's called Road America. It's in uh, Austin, Texas. You should sue them for defamation and then get your website back. Really? <laughs> yeah, get on it. What is, are they going to trade it with me? Like, let's see. I own albertpark.io, which that. Oh man, have you heard about the the story about the .io domains? No. So the the country that owns that manages the .io domains is a um, like a. I guess technically they're a colony of the British Empire of the of the United Kingdom, right? And they are going through some, let's call it socio political strife right now. Yeah. And there's a chance that the country as it exists right now, is not going to exist in the near future, which people have been going, so what does that mean for my really cool technology.io domain? Is oh, it going to go away?
0: I don't know why they keep associating them with countries. They should have just associated it with ICANN as like a bunch of names.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the idea behind
0: expanding the, T, uh, the TLD Yeah, but they started first by saying we'll we'll expand it to a bunch of countries. Like mine is .me. What is that? I wonder who owns that.
1: Uh, .me might be like, I don't know if it's a country. It used to be like you could just assume that it was a country and just figure it out from there. But these days it it could be anything. .me might just be like me, the person, the pronoun. Domain.me,
0: the most personal domain name. (laughs) About me.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I own origins. I own .io, but that one is out of commission. Don't go to that one. Um, I bought .dev recently. It's Montenegro.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That's the one. Be .mo.
0: The team is a team of six passionate and creative developer professionals dedicated to promoting .me domain and making a brand making branding personal. Interesting. It just doesn't make any sense how they associate it with countries first, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, it's Montenegro." But then, like. It's just, this is a team of six people who are selling .me domains. So there's like six people in Montenegro who like own the domains and are selling them. So it's them.
1: not even associated with the country necessarily. It's not like associated with the government of the country. It's not a government-run entity. Whereas in yeah. some countries, it is a government-run yeah. entity. So yeah. a lot of things going on there. But yeah, that know. is an interesting interesting sidebar. It's but all
0: about branding and SEO, .me.
1: Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the newer ones these days, like .club, Um. Dot shop dot online, right? Are are purpose driven? Like, they're specific ones for particular things. Um, I think dot fm was one of those too, because those are really expensive, which indicates to me that they're kind of new.
0: I think the two letter ones are countries, and then the three letter larger are not.
1: or no, I don't. I don't, I don't really know. know. I don't. I don't really know. That's an interesting one. But yeah, the the I think the reason why they started off as countries was so that like. I it was the wild oh, the yeah. west back then, the early days of the internet. So you had it was the only way to like be able to tell where the, exactly you were going, or yeah. where exactly certain types of traffic. Tra- tra- yeah, were was it from. was it
0: like .gov, .edu, or .com. Yeah, those those .net. things actually
1: me- meant something. They meant something, yeah. Like you could only universities could use .edu addresses.
0: Yeah. For time being, and then they opened it up to anybody could buy anything, and just kind of words have no meaning anymore at that point. What is a .fm domain? It's the domain name is the country code domain for the federated states of Micronesia but most oh. notably recognized as the domain hack for FM radio. Whether you're a radio host, radio station, or blogger, you're just someone who appreciates radio broadcasting and the .fm domain is for you. I mean, it's like, why? Why did they do this? Like, they made it so the countries can like control these domains and charge how much they cost. And yeah, but then things. people
1: decide to get clever about it and they, they, they,
0: they're $114 a year. The .FM's, .fms, I've
1: seen cheaper ones than that, though.
0: That's weird. Uh, well, just the website. I don't know. I, mean, I always I was go gonna, to Hover.
1: I think publicfunction.fm existed. I think it was for sale, but it existed. I think they set a minimum level of like 100000 or something like that. I was like, I'm not... There's no There's no way. I had seen other podcasts use .show before, so I went for that one. Yeah. I can't remember how much it was. I want to say it was not insignificant. I feel like it was $30, maybe $40. Which is quite a bit for for a TLD.
0: Wow! Annual review of dot adult domains is three hundred and seventy nine dollars. accountant is thirty two dollars. Accountants plural is one forty nine ninety nine. Because if you have more than one, five times as much, three times as much.
1: That sounds like accounting to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's how accounting works, isn't it? Just charge them five times as much as what it's worth. Yeah. And then profit.
0: Everything ends in profit.
1: Everything ends in profit. Usually immediately preceded by the question marks. Mm-hmm. What other, what other front domains are you finding right now?
0: I'm looking at public function.fm. It says zero. Oh wait, there it is. nine, eighty nine. Unless I spelled it wrong.
1: Do <laughs> you spell public function?
0: Uh, I, I spell it wrong all the time. I don't know. Did I?
1: No, I think that's correct. Should we, we should probably buy that.
0: Well, we already talked about it online. So you got to buy it between now and tomorrow. Oh jeez. Good luck. Oh, geez. How much is it? 90 bucks? 90 bucks. Crazy.
1: We should probably just redirect it, huh? Probably. I mean, publicfunction.show is a thing. We are out there in the universe. Yeah, you should. I mean, we exist. Yeah. Totally. I did some CSS on the site, so now we have yellow links. Oh, man. So they match the art. Part of our brand now. I didn't even mean for... I I, I wasn't like, hey, let me pick yellow as our color. <laughs> I just, I was working on, this is the, the origin story behind our, our cover art is that I was working on some little thumbnails for, like, I think our, our Twitter account and um, the platform I was using to help me build these things just served me up a template. I was like, Hey, I, you might like this one. And the letters just happened to be yellow. Uh-huh. I was like, I wonder what happens if I put public function here and make letters and it looked fantastic. We that's three, what we did.
0: We have three pages of podcast now.
1: Yeah. We're on episode 26.
0: You didn't even do the intro we, 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 we started intro well you didn't say like this is episode twenty seven <laughs> episode twenty six it's a twenty seventh episode. we didn't do the whole thing about like oh its zero index ah, oh, every developer hates that everything's zero indexed. oh no
1: uh, it's a recurring thing it's a it's a recurring character on the show yeah uh, it's a lot of a lot of recurring characters they you is a recurring character zero index is a recurring character alternative names for our show like zero index is a recurring no. character I thought of some more. The stand up?
0: You got wait no, we can't say these online. You gotta save <laughs> all your ideas because the stand up could be like a
1: yeah, I, I, like, another show. Public function's a brand now. So it's like it, you can't just like change the name of the thing.
0: No no for other shows on the network.
1: No, I was saying other names other names that could have been our show names. But like the, Zero Index could have been a show. Static Void could have been our show. Your, the stand
0: up. These could be other shows. Static void could be like a Java show? Like what? Sure. Uh, I don't know. What, you could do that one by yourself? Like, No.
1: <laughs> what no. am I going to contribute to a Java show? Also, that's a little bit too niche. I feel like it's too niche. I think there's probably a lot of people that like Java that would there's want a There's this tricky show. thing with niching in podcasts. Is that You want it to be specific enough so that you have a defined audience yeah. and stand out from your peers and all the other podcasts that are out there. But you can't be so niche that the actual entire audience that you could potentially have is very limited. Very, very, very odd balance, mm. um, but it it is a unique thing because the more nichey you get, like that, that narrow you get with that that audience, uh, the lower likelihood that there's anything else out there that's even remotely similar. So that anybody who's looking for that really, really sweet, good Java static void content, your show is the only one that they're going to listen to. Mm. It's yeah. the only one show that everybody listens to. So that might be that might be a thing. I don't know could be. Could, could be. be. Zero. What would zero index be about? Lists? To do lists? Uh, to do apps? It
0: could be about it. I mean, literally, it could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about what it sounds like. It could just be a funny name. It could be a funny name.
1: It is yeah. a developer name. Is It is the kind of name that all developers will recognize immediately. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Yeah.
1: Just yeah. like public function is.
0: That one is kind of Java-y because you don't have to It is kind
1: of Java-y, but but again, my idea was that it could be for the Java people. It could be for the TypeScript people, and we could bring it all together, and everybody could be here, and we could sing Kumbaya. That was the idea. Kumbaya. Yeah. That was the idea.
0: So I think it's worked out okay for us. Yeah. Are you going to do – so speaking of your site, are you going to do a dark mode toggle? No, I am not. You don't want to, huh? I thought about it, and then I
1: was like, you know what? This is my site. I want it to be dark yeah, this is my space. That is my perspective on it. Uh, I think the toggle is uh, a neat thing to have. Uh, I do not want to add things to the list of things I need to do to get the site out the door. And also, the dark mode kind of represents who I am more. I enjoy reading sites on dark mode. Yeah, more. I like how it
0: looks. I don't know who I am. Again, self-expression. Yeah, I kind of like mine in either eye light or dark mode.
1: Yeah, you are you have a very nice balanced color scheme to where you've got that nice accent color that's going to work either way. Yeah. Either on a dark background or a light background. And then you've got your kind of accents with your footer and your header and your your text and stuff. So you've got a really nice setup there.
0: I got um, to finish mine. I need to sit down and just style it.
1: Yeah, mine is not quite as good because the dark parts are all very dark. Um, and I would have to like do a, a bit more arranging of where the colors go and things. So I just, it, I don't, for my side, I don't see the value in it. And I think the dark mode just represents who I am a lot more. So Greg, who do you think between the two of us will have a live blog post out first?
0: You probably. Me probably. Really? Yeah. Cause I don't have any time right now.
1: What do you mean you don't have any time right now?
0: I don't have time to do this.
1: You have to do the Jerry Maguire thing where you wake up in a cold sweat and just get all your words out on the page. Well... So the next time that you wake up in the middle of the night restless, instead of just writing down notes on your phone, just bust out that thing and start typing.
0: Well, the other thing I was thinking about is that right now, I, I think one thing that I might want to change about this after I get the blog going is that uh, the one part of the blog that I would want to be more dynamic would be the blog part. So I, right now, you can't, I can't write my blog in, um, in Markdown.
1: Oh. It's a content fall, It's a rich text editor. Oh, interesting. There's no markdown there might, content type? There might. There's got to be. I don't Seems think like there, there is.
0: There's just rich text. Oh. But rich text could potentially have, I, I don't want to speak for it. It might have markdown, but it's not like a blogging platform. I just created a content type called article. And yeah. And it's a rich text field with some with some titles and stuff. Yeah. And I might want to change that blog to be something else, but I, I'm not too worried about it because I could always just take the content out of it and then put it into the blogging platform later reformat you know. it all, I'm not going to have like 100 articles before I worry about it. If I'm writing enough articles, I'm probably going to change it.
1: Or you could have a serve static files. Potentially. J- just for that part, you could do that. I mean, that's the MVP version of it, especially if you're serving that part of it up within a greater app. That might be a starting point. Maybe. Or it, or data just swing another blog source into that app might... I that have might a, be like the maximalist way of doing it. I have
0: a strong... Uh, feeling potentially that if you added another Gatsby source, I mean, it probably, I would imagine it works, but it's probably going to collide in some way.
1: There's got to be a way to split that up though.
0: It would probably just be in the config, another source for a ghost. And then it wouldn't be a whole site. I might have to write my own plugin probably, which is just like a, like a ghost source. You've already got GraphQL going, right? Uh, not on the front end. Everything on the front oh. end. It, it only, Gatsby only uses GraphQL for the, when it builds. Itself. When it needs it, right? When it's building, it uses it.
1: You could just stuff. have a separate you just, with just a GraphQL part for the blog part.
0: I mean, I could do whatever I need to because I have my API in uh, Lambda. So I, I know how to run uh, GraphQL on Lambda and I could point that GraphQL Lambda endpoint at some other source of content and then I, I could figure it all out. I just don't know. I would I would be curious to see what kind of benefit it would have because the only thing I don't have right now is I can't, with like Contentful, I can't just log into some app on my phone and write an article.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I have to like go to a computer and type it, which is maybe fine. I don't know. I mean, I'll just see if it becomes a problem. Because for me, I just need to finish this, style it, finish all the content, uh, and then just deliver it and make the domain actually known. And then I'll worry about. And then I got. Well, I think right now, actually, the only thing that's really missing is I. Some of the portfolio photos aren't that great. Um,
1: do you need some high res photos. Do I do some- I
0: looked on the internet. I don't know where to get them anymore.
1: Do you need some beauty shots. Unsplash is a good one. That's no, I mean easy. of
0: the portfolio projects of the projects I've worked on. Oh. I like only look on the internet now for the projects. Well,
1: not all of them are public facing, so you well, can't really.
0: I didn't. The ones that weren't, I just didn't put a public. I didn't oh, okay. Image.
1: Well, some of, them, some of them are still up for a few more months at least, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, but I mean, like I took a screenshot of it, but it's just not high quality. I don't mm. know. We can, we can talk about it later, but like it doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't really look right. And then I haven't styled a lot of it yet. Um... I don't know. I got to, I got to spend some time on it, but you know, I've had a lot of other things I've been doing.
1: Yeah. We're going to, we're still going to do some portraits though one day. We're going to have just like a public function day where we record an episode and also take pictures of our faces. Yeah. What do you think? I I need all,
0: I need to basically redo all of my socials. So once I get this site done, uh, I'm going to redo all of my social profiles
1: with the beautiful pictures that I take of your face. Sure. And I'm going to redo redo a lot of stuff
0: on LinkedIn. I'm going to redo a lot of stuff on GitHub. I'm going to redo a lot of stuff everywhere.
1: GitHub is a good one because mine is kind of this mishmash of old stuff that I was like learning how to use GitHub with and then like older projects that are built in like Rails 3 and stuff like that. And then I have a Gatsby version 1 starter template that we use for a couple of projects at work. And then they very conveniently came out with a V2 that is not compatible with that one at all. Uh, there was another template that I was working on with one of our former coworkers that was trying to integrate TypeScript back when TypeScript was not first class citizen in the Gatsby ecosystem, but now it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of my stuff has been kind of redentificated by a lot of things. But the f- client side code will be publicly available on my GitHub at some point, eventually. I'll be a little bit embarrassed about the CSS, but everything else looks fine.
0: We well, should just fix it again. It's but it's, it's like it's, it's a expression of how well you write code. I mean, you gotta.
1: I mean, it's part of it, but it's also an expression of getting the project out the door, regardless of how good the code is.
0: Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, does the page look nice? Page looks nice. Yeah, right? yeah, but I mean, CSS is a little
1: disorganized. That's fine. That's okay.
0: I mean, from my point of view, my website was more not for uh, just having people like come across and see it. It was more like. It's, that was why I added so many features like the light, mo- light dark mode toggle, the no. command palette, the connect form. A lot of these things are not really there uh, just to have them there. It's more for like um, to show that I can build features, different kinds of features. I wanted the site to be feature, not like overly featureful because then it's just gaudy. It was supposed to just have like a few features that show that I can I can build different kinds of things. So, I was just curious, like with yours, did you have any intention of adding anything like that or did you not? Not particularly.
1: And part of the reason why is that um,
0: I actually started at the
1: same place you did where I was thinking, oh, I need to like show off my skills with this site as like a live portfolio, whatever. Yeah. And I went and took a look at Dan the Homie site. Yeah. And Dan the Homie site is literally the Gatsby default blog starter template. It's like the first one listed in their template directory. And I think he changed. He added the dark light toggle, which is a nice touch. Uh, but he changed accent color to like that pink that he uses. Yeah. And then he wrote a little thing for his discuss on Twitter link, which I stole. That's an idea that I stole from him. Oof. And the the coffees. And other than that, everything else is code that someone else wrote. So I'm like, hmm, if it's okay for Dan, uh, I, I think it's okay for me. I think for him, like the, the thoughts and ideas of the things that he's writing down, the words. Yeah,
0: they're more important. Are more site. important than some. That's because he's Dan the homie. That's because he's Dan the homie.
1: And I, I want to get on that level. I want to be like Dan the homie. So that's that was my approach. But that doesn't mean that the site won't evolve in the future. If I see something cool that I want to add. That's the cool thing about sites like this is that they're living, breathing things and they evolve over time. Yeah. And it, you can use it as a little Petri dish. You can use it as a, a personal diary and use it as all sorts of things. So I think the evolution of our, our sites, considering their their origins, uh, will be interesting to watch and see how they kind of diverge in certain places and come back together in certain places and all kinds of things. I'm envisioning one day where you and I both get into, like, an internet fight with someone via our blogs and like i write a thing and then like some some internet stranger writes a thing
0: and the homie writes back and says data homies writes
1: back and says what the hell are you guys talking about
0: Links to our stuff and be like dude what are you talking
1: about what are these idiots talking about and then greg writes a thing that's like four thousand words long
0: hey i'm trying to get better at not
1: doing 20- 20 no i'm saying that's good are you kidding
0: well, I'm trying to get to be more concise. I've thought about it a lot lately, In the stuff that I've been doing lately, I've been trying to. Uh,
1: okay, here's how. Here's how you be more concise, but still keep all the things that make everything that you write amazing. One, less adverbs. Two, less adjectives. That's it. That's literally it. Well, that's all I you gotta, need to I gotta do. Learn,
0: I gotta learn all these things
1: everywhere that you want to write the word "very." Don't. Yeah, that's it.
0: Well, that's it. I got to get better at it because I've, you know, in the past I've. I have not been verbose at all,
1: so. I would disagree with that, but
0: I mean, I've tried I mean in the latter times that you're remembering, I've been actually trying uh to not
1: well you you're talking about writing documentation, which just is any kind of
0: writing, even writing emails, even writing like conversations with people at work, like I've tried to become more to the point and less talky, yeah, so I don't know i mean i think I think what I'll do this weekend is I'm gonna try. Actually, I'm gonna be out of town, so <laughs> this, is, this is where it's like I can never find enough time to finish anything. Cause I actually, while I'm gone, I should be able to work on this a little more.
1: That's a good idea. Maybe don't put too much pressure on yourself, but maybe take a day, to you know, do some writing. Set aside some 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 focus well, time.
0: I, I mean, I think the thing that's blocking me right now is a lot of the CSS. I have to like style the uh, is the it clo- carousel. Is it close enough? Um. No. I mean, I got the main problems right problem places right now are that I really haven't done anything with typography. The um. Like to where even there's things that are H1s, 2s, and 3s that even look different. Like all you're talking about earlier, I didn't do really any of that. Um, The carousel of skills is not really where I'd want it to be. The portfolio is probably fine, just needs better assets and then some image sizing and some text and typography. Research is fine. Social is fine. It just needs a little bit of styling. The connect form needs some styling. uh, And then the blog needs to be styled. So it's actually pretty close. I, I guess if you really ignore the, I guess the hardest thing right now is the carousel. And just figuring out how that looks. And then everything else is just like a bunch of styling, fit and finish, like doing typography and
1: cleaning it up. I know that, that stuff sounds like and seems like it's a lot of work, but it matters a lot less than you think.
0: Well, right now it's like the the I think it's because some of the styles are missing, but like the the carousel just doesn't even look right. Like I okay, think all the Just center it. Well, I'll think figure work it out it later. I mean, the buttons don't have any
1: styling. The-, the the reason I say this is that I literally read a blog article today day on someone's blog where they had basically zero styling everything was left aligned zero margin zero padding Uh, i think they were using the default sans serif font that all browsers give you they didn't have any colors it was white background black text
0: yeah but i don't i don't want that i I want i like where this is going i just need to finish it but the the, the personality you
1: can start with the content
0: no, I know. I did. I did that. I started with the, I started with the structure of the pages. No, I, what
1: I mean, is it started with the, the words.
0: I know. I started, I'm telling started you. Start started with the
1: articles. I started, article. well, the
0: articles, again, aren't the number one point of my site. That's what I'm trying to no, get at. That be. wasn't the whole reason why I built my site. That's what, we, that's what I was talking about earlier. You're so trying to like,
1: prove that you can do CSS?
0: No, I was trying to build, I've been wanting to build a portfolio site for many, many years. and I never had had time. And I, the main reason why I wanted this to be portfolio, skill, and research, all these other things first, is because I don't, I don't track those things. So then I get into this problem where I was working at a company for seven years, and then I don't even remember all the projects that I worked on because I worked on so many of them. You worked on all of them. Just put all. Okay. Yeah. All projects all, done.
1: All projects done by this company between these years. Yeah. Sure. That's actually closer to being true than not. Than being the opposite, true. <laughs> probably.
0: But the point is, like, I don't, if I had the website, it would motivate me that when I finish a project, I would write about it, both as a blog post if it's necessary and a portfolio if it's necessary. If I learn a new skill building a project, I have a place to put it. And I don't like LinkedIn because I don't always go back there. Like, I've, no, I don't. I spent, like, five years never, go, never logging into LinkedIn, and then I needed LinkedIn, and it's, like I had, it's not even up to date. It was up to date with jobs, but it wasn't up to date with, like, anything else. So I just want a place on the internet where my own stuff exists that I'm motivated to update because I know I have it and it's already done. Yes. I know it'll never technically be done because I'll always be wanting to change stuff. But if it gets to a point where it's mostly done, then I'll know that I have a place where I can put all these things. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at. And that was what I was trying to build. And and that's kind of why, like I approached it as a blog second because you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know how much I would dedicate to the blog. Cause we talked about this before we even had the podcast. We were talking about making these sites. Yes. So at that time, I didn't really know how social or how talkative I'd want to be. And I think the podcast has made me think more about, you know, that that you can talk verbally on a podcast. You can also write with more protracted thoughts. And I think the two of those things, a lot of the podcasters that I know, uh, that I listen to, will both blog and podcast. And it's kind of like if they say something on the podcast that isn't... Like what I harped on a lot early on is like if I said something wrong, it's like, well, that's just because you're like when... Uh, you're always just talking aloud, verbal diarrhea, everything you say, and then you'd mess up on something. But with a blog post, you can actually think about what you're saying and structure your thoughts. So I kind of want that back and forth. I want both of those things.
1: Yes, they're compliments, not substitutes.
0: Yeah, so the blog became a little bit more important for me after we started podcasting, but it's still the whole purpose of the website is just to have a place to represent myself on the internet and not even necessarily... It's just a place for me to put stuff, really, is really all it is. And if somebody wants to look at it, they can look at it.
1: Yes. Also, don't forget, you were also trying to win internet points, as many internet points as possible.
0: Well, you know me. I don't really care about it. With
1: the hashtag content.
0: I mean, sure. But, like, there there is... I'm only
1: (laughs) semi-serious. I'm, I'm like, 50% serious about that.
0: But there is, like, there is a part of me that wants, like, after we do all this podcasting stuff and after we've been doing this for a while, that I kind of want to, like, start getting more social about the things that I like in coding and potentially doing talks and going to conferences if I yes. can, or even starting small, like yes. local. And that was one of the things that I uh, was, a, was a motivator for the website too, is that that was the motivator for the social tab was that, you know, there's the podcast, there's my GitHub. And then eventually it would be like events that I'm coming to. Like it could be like a calendar. Yes. Or there could be like a list of things that I'm doing. So like that was the idea is that it would eventually become a place for me on the internet. Uh, but for now it's kind of like, it serves quite a lot of purposes, which is kind of why I asked you earlier, you know, if you were to like want to do something with photography, would you make it its own space or would you actually make it a part of that website? Because then that website becomes much more overloaded with more content. So like for me, the way I see Gregorski.me, that is my, uh, that is my like website programmer perspective. Right. If I ever wanted to have like another perspective, like a gaming perspective, it might be a different name. You know, because my name on destiny is null. It's not this. Interesting. So, like, I might have, like, a different perspective uh, on something else. So, I don't know. Like, I just kind of wanted to try to, try to like, um, segment my life uh, and start somewhere with the programming stuff. And that's kind of where I built the, the portfolio.
1: Very interesting perspective, Craig. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. We appreciate it. No, I think that <laughs> all all of the things that you talked about with having different aspects of your personhood on a single internet piece of real estate is I guess I'm of the perspective that I would just have everything in one place, right? If I did a bunch of photography, I mean, there's an aspect to showing photography nicely on a portfolio that I think has a technical aspect to it. So I think it would be relevant, right? Like how I would arrange a photo set on a website would be different from how I have my blog post set up. I would probably have some sort of gr- uh, grid. Ugh. Oh, man. It would just be some sort of grid. Um, and I'd have to figure out a way to manage those those files because those are very large files.
0: I mean, or you could just put them on like 99 pixels or whatever the websites are. I don't know. Those are the ones the or Dribbble. Like squeeze I don't know. There's tons of websites. Oh, like uh, Flickr? Yeah, like something like that. You could just put all your photos in Flickr and link to it from your website and be like, I do photography, it's here. Well, my point is, like, if you ever become, like, if you ever get into photography so much, you're like, you know, I'm going to do, do photography on the side, you might want, like, a professional photography That would site. be different.
1: Yeah. That would be different. Like, if I was, if I had a business entity where I was doing photography, that would be a completely different place. I would still probably blog about it.
0: What would you blog, blog about on the dev blog? How to build a <laughs> photography portfolio site. I mean, you would from a dev perspective. But if you were like 99 tips to get better color and better, you know, vibrancy out of your photos, maybe,
1: maybe, maybe in I've the beginning, I see, I actually saw, I actually saw a website once. I remember uh, where a person was talking about switching to Windows because of their hardware needs as both a programmer and a photographer. Yeah. And this guy's uh, website, his blog, he had a very detailed article about the the build that he did for his Windows machine. Yeah, where his main use case was, he wanted to be able to use Lightroom for a very very large files. I think he was shooting medium format, so he was shooting like he had like you know fifty, sixty megapixel images that he was editing very heavily in a lot of different places. But he was also a developer, so he was bu- he built websites. He built this blog thing, which I think he built it in. I want to say he just built a raw node, like a raw node blog or something, which is nuts to me. I don't know why you would ever do that. But he had he literally had it set up as two columns. Right column was the blog, and the left column was his photo sets. Huh. He wasn't like a professional photographer or anything, but those were like two parts of his like same life. Yeah. So, that's one way to do it, I guess. But if it, I don't, I don't know if photography would ever become a business for me. Um, but I just I wonder it like would be, it, it, I think that would be the point where it would be a separate thing.
0: Yeah, I just mean like if if you have like a, if you ever get to the point where you're like well known for some photography thing and people come look for you and you want to do the SEO around it. I mean, your SEO is going to start colliding and then yeah. people are going to be coming to your photography site, seeing all stuff about dev. They're going to be like, what is this? So I don't know. I mean, I guess what I'm getting well, from from my perspective, the only thing I really do is like code and play destiny. So it was like, if I, if I needed another kind of website for the gaming stuff, then it probably would end. If I ever got that big into gaming, I'd probably just be like Twitch or YouTube or something like one of the more common things like for streaming. If I was ever that good, which I'm not, um, and then the dev would be the dev stuff. So it's like, I don't know, it's just interesting to think about like the different ways that the website could get overloaded with different purposes. That's and true. that was kind of the way that I was thinking about it is that this website, for all the different things that I do in my life, this website is literally just my web development development perspective website. But I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's what I was thinking about. And that kind of was leading off of like having the blog be like the least most important thing or the most important thing kind of perspective where you approach it differently. So I think that just kind of gets around like full circle about why I went the route that I did about the the content that's on it. But I mean, I might later on one day realize, you know what, I don't need a certain part of this website. I don't need a a skills. Well, I don't need like a skills page or I don't need a portfolio or I don't need one of these things. I mean, I could end up, I mean, at some point, like you look at West Bow's site, it's like he just does a lot of, he does a lot of speaking engagements and a lot of like training stuff. So, you know, he doesn't really have, his website is like less- Overloaded. It's just like about courses, work, speaking and training, blog and tutorials, contact. Yeah. That's because he really knows who he is. So it's like most of what he does is just you know who he is through his videos. His eighty one thousand followers on YouTube. Um I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but he even does have about skills and interests, core skills, libraries, JavaScript, the skinny, a little more. Yeah, he has like a some of the same kind of things. But he's always linking back to his training stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I
1: don't know where I'm going with that. Good thoughts. I'm a little delirious. Great thoughts. Craig, yeah. do you have a pick for us this week?
0: Uh, there is one thing in Destiny. And I don't want to talk a ton about it, but there... Is it something different from what you've
1: talked about before in Destiny?
0: Yeah. I mean, they just started a new season. Well, you've talked about season before. But that's not what I'm talking about. They just okay. started a new season. Um, They announced the next a uh, big release called Shadow Keep, where if you ever play Destiny one, we're going back to the moon and the moon's haunted.
1: Is this a DLC?
0: Uh yeah. It's like a like, it's like one of the bigger DLCs. Is it more money? Everything is more it's money.
1: It's all about the money.
0: I don't know everybody says that with gaming. Like I play Destiny so much that like any amount of money I put into it is totally worth it. Everybody's always like, Oh, is it thirty dollars more? Oh, the season pass is thirty bucks, and you're just like, Yeah, it's 30 bucks. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna play that thing every night. From now until the season's over. Do you feel like it is pay to win? No. Because you can't buy any of the things that actually get you You just win. buy the access. Uh, no. Or you, you buy just, stuff. You buy you buy the access to the content, which pays them for creating the content. Great. And then you can pay additionally for uh, cosmetic type skins. But it's only cosmetic stuff. It's only cosmetic stuff. Or if they happen to have armor, like there's every, every season, there's a season specific uh, purchasable armor set. But that armor is not the best armor in the game. It doesn't roll with enhanced perks, and uh, it only starts at 10 lights. You always have to infuse it
1: with Mm. something that you
0: get from the game. So it's like you can't really buy... There's nothing you can buy in the game that will give you an advantage. There's things you can buy in the game that will make you look better and be slightly different, but it's nothing. It's no better than the stuff you can get. It's not going to make you better
1: than other players who don't have it. Yeah, No.
0: Well, that's no, good for sure. Because
1: right? that's a that's a a weird situation where if you ever get into
0: a, a pay to win scenario, then that's usually when it's like, all right, the greed is too much. No, no, that's not the case. And and also, there's a lot of indications that since they split, since Bungie split from Activision, that like they're they're doing they're like moving really fast with like good stuff. This new season is really good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Shadowkeep's gonna be like, but it's funny because it goes full circle. When I originally played Destiny One on Xbox, three sixty, the think? white one. It was the old Xbox a long time ago. The original Xbox or the second Xbox? That one. I think it was the 360 or the 360 Elite. Whenever Destiny originally launched on the shiny black one. I don't remember what it looked like. The first one was a big X on the top. Yeah, it wasn't that one. The second one was a shiny black one. It was a. I think it was a white one first. Third one. Then the Elite was black. And then they made them all black after that. And then there was the Xbox One, which I've never, I've never owned one. So it must have been the 360. Um. I had Destiny... Or was it on my PlayStation? I don't know. But I had Destiny 1. I only played it up through the moon. And then I kind of went to some of the other planets. And then by then I gave up because when Destiny first came out, Destiny 1, it was kind of a mess. And then it got better over time. But by then I wasn't playing it. And then Destiny 2 came out. It was a little bit of a mess and it's getting better. Funny little repeat of life there. And then... So the new season is called the new expansion is called Shadow Keep, and you go back to the moon, and the moon is haunted, and all the memes on the internet are like moon's haunted, cocking a gun, moon's haunted, like all the <laughs> all the Reddit tweets. Are you gonna players. shoot
1: ghosts? Like how does that work? I don't know. You have some fancy new weapons. You're gonna
0: have to have some fancy new weapons. You always you have right? fancy new weapons, man. The, the, this season is really good, but uh, it's nothing new than the other ones. So I didn't. It can't really be a pick, but the new season's pretty cool.
1: That sounds pretty exciting.
0: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think the other thing I was going to talk about, which I, I guess may be like an alternate pick, is uh, they announced Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. And uh, I've been waiting for this game for like a year.
1: We we I remember seeing the original. I think it was E3 last year. Yeah. They've been talking about it for a long
0: time. The The original gameplay trailer, or the original trailer at least, from E3 I think the original last trailer year. It was at E3 like two years ago maybe. And then they then they had a gameplay trailer last season, last. Yes, year and that one was the one that I saw that went. Oh my goodness, I have to play this game. And then now they have this one is just another. It's the cinematic reveal trailer for the actual game, and they announced the launch date, September 2020, I think.
1: Yeah. So you're gonna. So that's gonna be an expensive month for you, right? Because you're gonna buy your Mac Pro. Because uh, apparently there was a leak that said that they're gonna start selling in September.
0: Uh, I'm not buying a Mac Pro. What are you talking about? Um. No, I'm not gonna buy a Mac Pro. But it is going to be an expensive month for me because I do potentially believe that it's going to require a better video card. Maybe not for 1440 Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 1440 you should be okay. Not $144. it has got really good graphics. I'm sure it'll run. But will it run like as cool looking as I want it to? But I doesn't don't know. it have some of the... I'm pretty sure it's a ray tracing
1: title. But doesn't it have some of the the animation style of like not full on cell shading like uh, Borderlands, which that's another thing we could talk about. Um, but, like, a little bit of that, like, kind of cartoonish animation. No,
0: it's, like, legit. No. Well, other
1: than, well, uh, uh, they they showed a little clip of of Keanu in the game, which he looks freaking amazing in the game. Um, Yeah. They have his, like, all the way down to the hair, which is crazy.
0: That's Um, the cinematic version of him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's not going to look like that in the game necessarily, but I could have sworn that the game itself, maybe it's just, like, the colors and, like, the style of it made it feel a little bit more of that animated style, but maybe it actually is supposed to be like no, it's a more like, a true-to-life type of look. It's
0: like a true-to-life look. look okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I also am excited for that game. I am looking forward to playing that one. Um, it is not enough for me to want to go and buy another video card, but you know what? I'll, I'll enjoy playing playing it on my respectable, if not spectacular, frame rates on my existing hardware. How's that?
0: Yeah, I mean, by then you might, uh, you might be getting a next-gen console, for all you know. I mean the the new PS5. PS five PS five and what do they call it Xbox or the project uh, they announced it it Scorpio no it's Project uh, Ruby Ruby on Project Ruby on Rails um, Project Rails Xbox twenty
1: twenty I thought it was like Project like Scorpion. No, it's like or Wilson something Wilson like, or
0: something Wilson's Project
1: Scarlet Scarlet that's the one. Yeah. see Ruby Scarlet Scorpio mm. our brains are close sometimes they're not they're not one hundred percent accurate yeah Project Scarlet I don't know. I don't want
0: either of those, but uh, I mean, this one might be better than the PS five. Who
1: knows? Who knows? Who knows? So is your, uh, destiny pick, can you buy that right now? You can pre-order it right now. You can pre-order. You can pre-order both the things I just said. Okay. So we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. My pick this week has nothing to do with games. Too bad. You should, you should play more games. So I watched a show this weekend on Netflix name of the show is called Easy. Oh, yeah. Third, third season of Easy came out this weekend, or I think last week, uh, and I watched it, and it is fantastic. Anybody who is listening to the show who has watched Easy, uh, watched either of the first two seasons, uh, the entirety of the show is ultimately about love and relationships and things that go along those lines. Uh, the first couple of seasons were kind of Each episode was kind of a different...
0: Like Black Mirror-ish, but maybe Sort of. It was more of an
1: anthology style in terms of, like, there were these kind of separate storylines that I was addressing. Um, But then when you got to the second season, you did have kind of a reoccurring set of storylines from the previous season. And so the second season kind of built on a couple of those storylines, but they also had, like, separate storylines in themselves and introduced new characters and things like that. The only real kind of glue that holds all the things together is that everybody's in Chicago and all these things are happening in Chicago. I like Chicago. Third season has somehow managed to elevate these reoccurring stories but also get better at integrating them together with each other that provides context but also does not detract from the separateness of the stories. I I am doing a huge disservice trying to explain how good this third season has brought everything together. I don't think it's going to be the last season. It could be. I don't know if it is. It'd be a shame if it was, but the way that they bring these stories together and kind of having them interact with each other in, in unique ways uh, is just writing brilliance. And that's part of where the writing brilliance comes from. But then the other part was that the the conversations that the characters are having around these kind of touchy subjects about like dating and sex and things like that. Um, they don't feel scripted at all. and I can't explain like how and why they're able to do these things without it being any sort of scripted conversation between characters. And they're having these really in-depth deep conversations. I mean, there's one um, that comes to mind where it's, it's a couple, a married couple who have been trying out an open marriage And everything has kind of been coming to this like really deep in-depth conversation of them trying to really hash it out. And it doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go. But then like they all get all these things out and it's just so, so good. So really well done. And I really enjoyed watching that this weekend. If you have watched the previous seasons, definitely got to pick up the third season. It explains a lot of things. You learn a lot of things. If you have not watched the previous seasons, watch the third season first. You'll still get a lot out of it then go back and watch the previous seasons. And you'll still get a lot out of those too. So huh. fantastic, fantastic show. Really, really good work. Uh, go to Netflix. Good job. Good job on that one. We'll have links. Greg, where can people find you on the internet? Is your, uh, is your Should we talk about your site? I haven't changed any of the content. Okay, that's fine. Where yeah. else can people find you on the internet? Uh, just
0: still on Twitter at Gregorski and GitHub Gregorski and-
1: Life at Grigorsky.
0: Life at Grigorsky.
1: Grigorsky at life.com. Yeah, totally. Don't try that one. That's not going to work. <laughs> that email <laughs> will come back undeliverable. He is at Grigorsky on Twitter. I am at Al Park on Twitter. The show is at a public function. We are also on the web. If you prefer, publicfunction.show. This is episode 26. Backslash 026. Show will be there. You can hit play. You can listen to us in your browser of choice. Do whatever browser you want. It'll still sound like us. It'll still be great. All the show notes will be there as well if you want to go back and look at any of the stuff we talked about today. We are also on the dev.2 podcast role. So it's dev.2 backslash public function. We have our own page there. looks really cool. nice. They make us look really good there. Uh, we have a public Discord. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Come join us. We're having a good time there. Every once in a while when we figure out exactly what we're going to talk about beforehand, we'll announce it before we record it. So you'll have a little taste. I don't yep. well notice. But we also do have a channel there that, uh, that posts whenever a new episode goes live. So if you get your news that way, you can do that. If you're on Twitter, you'll see us post on Twitter whenever a new episode goes live. You can download it to your wherever you get your podcast Podcast player.
0: Uh, Apple Podcasts.
1: Choice. Uh, not iTunes anymore. Definitely not iTunes anymore, but you have plenty of other options, thankfully. So if you would like to get in touch with us, there are several ways. Publicfunctionshowbackslashcontact backslash contact is a completely anonymous contact form that goes to the same email box that hello at PublicFunction.show goes to. If you would like to email us there, send us kind words, send us corrections for anything that Craig has said definitely not me because everything I say is correct so I don't oh yeah I don't have to worry about any of that Uh, Dan the homie if you're listening you're you've got our Twitter handle so just hit us up there you know you can you can hit us up personally there Greg do you have anything else that you would like to talk about
0: oh yeah nah I think I'm good yeah
1: Greg we will see you next week Yep. Let me make sure. Let's get let's get down. That's really that's really good audio. It's great audio. We actually are live, Greg. Bam, it's either, <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> that's either either a very very powerful car that's very very far away or it's a car alarm. I can't I couldn't tell. Or it's both. It's a car. Oh, it's run, a, poly- it's poly- a car <laughs> running
0: really fast <laughs> with this car alarm on. Wait, do cars
1: do car? Aren't cars designed to not actually? run if the car alarm is on? No, that's not true. Isn't that part of it? No. I could have sworn that that was like a th- like no. a, a thing of like third-party car alarms, the I mean, ones they that might, have the crazy sounds. They might have the ability to do that, but I don't think it's like a thing. Wouldn't that make sense though? Like, hey, Maybe. this car alarm is going off because we believe we are being breached, therefore we should... Breached? Breached. I mean, that's the official term for it, isn't it? A breach? I think that's a little bit too military and, you know, serious. Mm, anything to do with breaking into things that you're not supposed to be breaking into sounds like a breach to me. A breach of breaching. Breach of breaching. title. Hashtag title. Mm-hmm. Hashtag title.